Welcome to Horrorland. Drive forward if you dare. What's Horrorland? It's an amusement park. What else? I bet the rides are really scary. Let's go, can we? I don't know. What if it isn't safe? We'll be safe. I thought you wanted to see Zoo Gardens. Who wants to look at a bunch of stupid sheep? Well, it's better than sitting in the car arguing all day. Let's check it out. Yeah! Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Today, we will be talking about the oddity that is the theme park. Clearly, there is a lot to talk about, but like the infamous roller coasters of our childhood, we will be covering a variety of twists and turns as we discuss a dizzying amount of topics including out-of-body experiences, the dead at Disney, as well as tips and tricks for today's savvy parents, the theme park as liminal space, and the uncanny valley itself. So stick around, because this episode is a total trip, and we are against all oddity. against all oddities with nate chris and tim i'm i'm youngest brother tim yeah and i'm the middle brother chris nate and before we get into our episode about uh uh haunted theme parks and deadly disney um we had a question to nate in which chris and i want an answer that uh he is never comfortable when he has a reliable vehicle or a house that doesn't need fixing or anything. He he is only in his uh, homeostatic environment if the car is dangerous or causes him anxiety or needs fixing in some way that is impossible. And go. <laughs> well, hey, this will be in a future episode uh, coming up, but a psychic told me the spirits want me to toil. <laughs> 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 like they said that oh my the style spirits want nothing more than me to constantly repair it i was like well, well they found I their will, guy i will say you are the I, toil would probably describe That's exactly. your life. fixing and restoring is not the right word for what no, i'm doing toil. it's toiling away Nate, like and not your... at work but like it's for fun like you toil like <laughs> it's not even for fun that's his life that's his lifestyle also nate your knuckle tattoos one side nate other side toil Toil <laughs> is a great knuckle uh, did tattoo. i send you the knuckle tattoo thing i saved today off instagram i'm still but, trying to process how perfect toiling explains your life <laughs> and who yeah, you are toil, as a person toil away hey, you know, tim had asked off air what the phobia of feeling comfortable is i believe it's chairophobia which is maybe a different one, but that's the irrational aversion to being happy. But so that might be something. That might be something else. It's uh, not. I don't think Nate's averse to uh, happiness. He's averse to. Uh, uh, I don't know what it is. It's not luxury because you, you of, bought of comfort. When I first got a job teaching, and I went and bought that Camaro with Jeremy, which you know 
whatever. It was a cool car, but maybe not me all the way. I remember it was sitting, I was in my front yard on uh, in the south side in the biggest piece of shit Oldsmobile, like early 70s thing rattled by with like the tailpipe dress sparking on the ground. I was like, that son of a bitch, I'm jealous of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to have that so bad. What am I doing with this nice car? And, yeah, uh, like, as you just told us, you're like, I should trade my comfortable, well-reliable Volvo for two different cars that will definitely not last yeah, more than well, a month. One will work. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could maybe briefly, before we get into our haunted uh, theme parks episode, Nate did just get back from a week. I, I want to bring this up, not just because we want to talk about the Monroe Institute for much longer. We have an uh, episode dedicated to that. We have a lot of time spent talking about them and maybe in the future we'll do it up another episode of monroe but i want to talk bring it up because nate just spent a week in like deep meditation crammed in a box at the monroe institute at the monroe institute so if he's a little loopy because he just came out of the woods before wait before you get into that do you want to see if nate can update his uh meditative journeys from the monroe institute now or do you want to have a nate's corner later on uh, well, you know, later can on can be now because <laughs> give us a give us a Come on Nate's corner. What happened? What happened last week? I mean, ruffle. can you see more colors now? No, I mean, no, ruffle. no. We got to sell it. We're walking into Nate's corner. Where? What? Where are we now? A bowling alley? Was uh, this the conversation bar? corner? Yes, conversation it's conversation corner. corner. Uh, yeah. What chairs are we bringing? Where is the corner today? I like the '60s bowling alley, like in um, uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's where we are. We're in a okay. 60s bowling alley, all sitting on a bar with Coors Light. I don't have the, the right, I don't have the right vo- beef. It's what's for dinner. I can't do a <laughs> Sam Elliott voice. Nobody can do beef. Sam Elliott except Sam Elliott. Uh, re- recap, you know, I went, I did um, uh, OBE Spectrum. And what's crazy is the last one I did was like Discovery. I've never done the Gateway because I'm like, oh, that's the beginning one. Everybody there... It's like, why the hell are you here? Why wouldn't you do the gateway? I was like, well, this seems really interesting. And no, they're like, it doesn't matter. These are all secondary to the gateway. It's what we've been doing for 50 years. It's the best one. Any experience anybody has is with the first one. It's like the perfect one. Why would well, you skip that? You know, and that goes back to the fact that Joe McNaughton, McNonagal, the, the psychic spy 001, told oh, you. He told me to do <laughs> he it. He did take something- it. It's and something like, that forces me not to do it. I like, know, what's and wrong I think that's me? part of this uh, cheerophobia of being happy. <laughs> like, you must yeah, toil. Well, you must do all the secondary, less important ones before you doing, allow yourself you to know, do the paying, one thing. Paying all that money and going out and taking work time to do a one-week meditative journey at the Monroe Institute and then choosing the wrong program that you know is the wrong Twice. program is, is a Nate toil. Yeah, it's, it's true. No, so. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I mean, I'm sure you learned a lot. Like Gateway is going to, you're just going to destroy it now. Yeah, tell us what you did. So you did OBEs, which yeah, for but it's our more, listeners is, is out-of-body experiences. Sure, and it, it's the whole spectrum, and they go into NDEs, my favorite, and uh, lucid dreaming, all this other stuff. It is more like an instruction manual. It wasn't necessarily like, all right, we're going to plug you up, and now you're going to get an experience like all two yeah, states. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. more like, 
uh, at things that you don't think are important, which are important. I got a funny story. I'll get to it later. Uh, like one is like nonverbal communication. Like say yeah. you're out talking to spirits, you're commuting with future entities from another dimension or who knows what, Yeah, they're not going to know English whatsoever. <laughs> but there might be like some like weird way of communicating yeah, with yeah. like symbols or pictures or like a thing or an action. And then also to start and stop it, which my biggest problem and what I need to work on before I go back uh, in a year or so will be uh, my ADHD. A few things that were cool about it. Uh, my favorite part of it, what I liked, and you, you sit there, you listen to all these like meditations and stuff, was Wild, which is wake-induced lucid dreaming. This guy nice. uh, that taught it, he's one of the directors at the, um, the Monroe Institute, Luigi, and then his last name starts with a C. But he's pretty awesome, and you, you can find him anywhere on YouTube and stuff. But the idea is like you're awake and then lucid dream, meditate yourself into a lucid dream, which yeah. is awesome. That you is know, cool. You kind of got to get in the zone. Like if I'm like, oh God, I have 15 minutes. Let me, uh, let me have a quick dream. <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. You really, and these are like, and this time when I was there, I cranked, they have the hit that sound going all night. I cranked it full volume. Uh, yeah, the first night I had like so You're much, blasting binaural beats. Yeah, as loud as possible. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get my money's worth but i remember it like i couldn't sleep the first night i did that like the first time i was there and i went to the bathroom i was just looking at my hand was vibrating like, <laughs> like oh shit too much there's like um like the different gears or like if you think of like a speedometer of zero to a hundred or whatever or just a whole circle really if you want to think about it is physical reality would be like where we are and then as you gas it up daydreaming remote viewing drugs or sleep or anesthesia mm -hmm. lucid dreaming an obe comatose and then death and then, and then nice maybe wrap back around An nice. another big thing with that is like there is no time everyone keeps that's like a common theme like uh one story was joe mcmonagall for 20 years he had to go behind the cr congressional committee and prove about remote viewing or whatever to get funding again and he got tired of it and he was busy or something so like the week before he went and wrote out everything they were going to ask him to wrote remote view before they even chose it like yeah. put it in a uh briefcase locked it and handcuffed it and when they're like gonna choose it he started like picking up his like briefcase awesome. a is like made a big show of it and then they're like okay well you need a remote view here's your target blah 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 and he just slid the briefcase across he's like i'm out of here and then left it was already already done that's awesome you know that's the thing that i've learned most about all the remote view stuff is the the kind of like the breakdown of time the non-linearity of time seems no that's a big part of it is you have to know like uh, big, somebody was like, um, oh, you failed this because we asked you to remote view this place and there are a bunch of buildings and we went there and it was just a cornfield. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> in 20 years, it could be a Walmart or whatever, right? Yeah. So you have yeah. to really be specific on when. And, and then I'll close it out with a funny story that was there. So they're talking about, um, you know, whole ideas. You're meditating, trying to go to other places and this one guy was envi either envisioning himself or OBE or whatever. I don't, I don't remember, but he was in this room, the giant tomato 
and he was like, what? I was here for aliens, and he was like, gonna leave or whatever, and then the tomato said in a booming voice, I have taken a form as one of your Earth creatures so we can communicate easily without frightening you. That's, <laughs> that's so good. That's so good also because from an alien perspective, if you think about how many humans interact with how many tomatoes a day, it On probably a daily thinks like. I am the number one most reproductive organ produced by a plant that humans interact with daily. <laughs> yeah, like it would be like maybe I the guy be... was a sandwich maker or something, you know? Or like, not even that. Like I want to be a house cat, and the aliens are like, "Ooh, these house cats! Not everybody has, and they seem kind of confusing and weird." All humans Ooh, have tomatoes. This red tomato creature seems benign and safe. They don't seem scared of these tomatoes. I've searched a thousand memories, and except for the effect. 1980s attack of the killer tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great movie. So um, now that we're wait x uh, x amount of minutes into this episode, and we're yeah. we can get started on the topic, then yeah. we should take a a break to hear from an indie podcaster. Um, we all listen to what magic is this with yeah. Bachelor. Um, he's definitely worth checking out. He's actually I feel like one of the bigger names of indie podcasting. He does it for a living, so just listening to him really helps him out. Um, and he has uh, a series coming out this month that I'm really excited about. And by the time this airs, maybe two episodes will be out. He's doing a five episode deep dive into fairy lore. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, episode one came out um, on the day of this recording, actually. So I know at least yeah, one episode is out. Yeah. I support his content. It's good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, that being said, I need a second to get another drink. If you have a ghost, the only way to defeat that is with heart, faith, and steel. In the end, there can be only one paranormal insurance company, Dorfview.com. So that was, we just went, we just broke for uh, independent podcasters. Uh, you know, what we're actually talking about this episode is haunted amusement parks and I think the reason why we wanted to start with this is while Nate was at the Monroe Institute um, learning to OBE and like staring at clouds while drifting on a lake by himself in a canoe, Tim was doing the opposite. No, I was. <laughs> the literal opposite of that, which was what? I was in Disney World for nine days. So yeah. many days, Tim. It was two days at each park. No I feel breaks. like I've never been anywhere for nine days. <laughs> like, like I mean, I've, I've lived places. That's a long vacation. A I've long never done that. Yeah. So, what are the different parks? Yeah, well, I, I only thought know. Disney okay, World now. in Epcot, and I, I've only places? been once, and it was with you guys at like nineteen ninety. I was in the first <laughs> yeah. grade, so Chris was in the third grade, and Nate was in the seventh grade. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start there, and then I'll recap my Disney experience. Right. Uh, in 1989, our grandmother picked us up in her Toyota Corolla or something and bent the front seat forward. I remember all of this uh, because it was crazy because it was it on was my birthday. It was in 1989, then it was a 1989 Ford Escort. Uh, then it was a 1989 Ford Escort. Was it the Escort? Escort? There's no way that Escort I don't remember down. it being the Escort. I she remember bigger, being in the back seat. a bigger car. It was a bigger car, but it, it it did definitely... It was not We a were big crammed car. in there. It was a small car, but it was bigger than the Escort. But it wasn't just us. Uh, Anne went too, right? And no. Then, yes. What? Yes. Anne was there. Anne was there. 
we were, were in, in the, the car back. riding in the front seat and grandmommy drove so it's our dad's mom our dad's sister who was like 24 younger years younger than him or something here's what i remember from that one they picked us up when it was still dark outside and it was remember. the day of my birthday i don't remember that i i don't know why i remember this but i did yeah, that's it's weird a, it's it became weird a core me. memory it got locked in um the uh we got in the back seat chris was in the middle classic uh, Nate was on the left <laughs> right, <laughs> and I was on the right. And I think what it, the reason was I could squish all the way over to the right. And Chris was able to spread out Small a little more too at the time because I was behind and so you were in the middle. It gave you whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. Nate had acquired a Game Boy mm -hmm. and for his birthday or his whatever, he got Bugs Bunny Castle or something. How do you remember so, this? Yeah, I, I have not thought about that game since 1989. I'm telling you, this is a weird core memory that I don't understand yeah. why it is, but we got in the car and as she was backing out of the, the driveway, it blew my mind that Nate handed me the Game Boy and said, it's your birthday. You can play the Bugs Bunny game first or whatever. And that's so why I, I was don't like, remember it. And then I was like, <laughs> Chris is like, Fuck Chris that got you handed it past me. I saw the I saw the fleeting image well, we of were just thinking about that mind-blowing anyway. graphics of a Game Boy, which I wasn't allowed to play. As it what got the fuck is, why to... do we have a that must have been the one on sale, Bugs Bunny's Castle and not oh, any probably, other name brand Nintendo game? Uh, grandma was probably like, You're going to Disney, you like Bugs Bunny, right? Like, <laughs> okay but yeah chris of course gets this treasure chest of a game boy passed in front of him to the youngest brother because it's my birthday but I, you know you collect the carrots try to get through the maze whatever i don't remember anything else as soon as we hit the end of the driveway it's blackout time and then i have flashbulb memories of the actual park because there were ATATs there and c3po and r2d2 because there was the original star wars land yeah that was awesome yeah, yeah, i remember cool. that yeah, yeah. and i remember I... having sticky fingers because they gave us some drink and even i was so uncomfortable with how sticky my hands were <laughs> and then you and nate ran off in the tom sawyer's island which was all it was was a bunch of wooden bridges and ladders around trees Don't and a hundred kids running around so i chased after you because i didn't want to miss out on whatever well, that was uh i don't know do you guys have memories of that you know my funny i don't remember it at all i thought granddad was also there but i guess it was Anne. i don't know how i missed those two characters and uh i remember the indiana jones thing oh yeah i yeah i remember the star wars and indiana jones and being kind of disappointed that there was only two roller coasters which is space mountain and thunder mountain uh i remember thunder mountain because i was like a little too small for it and then it's very having ridden it just a couple of weeks ago it's very jarring and very shaky and if you're you know sitting with some it the latch comes down and if there's like an eight inch gap between you holding on to the latch and where it actually touches your lap you're like -dung -a -dung -a -dung, like whip lashing yeah. the whole time and the whole time i was going i was like god this is really dangerous for me when is it going to end <laughs> it's like a yeah. solid two and a half minute like roller nice. coaster moving to the future tim tim went there and we we wanted to talk about a couple things like a i don't remember oh, like why what did, yeah what like what, what yeah, parks where did you there? go what what's the so this story isn't even funny this is but an then, oddity like also is there an like, avatar park yes oh i'm God. 
No, there is. I uh, I will give you a brief synopsis, but I'm not going to do a play by play of my vacation because nobody no, wants to listen to that. No one does. I don't want. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to hear it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a breakdown of what exists and what Disney is now, and then I will give you a couple of notable memories from the thing that have nothing to do with being at Disney World, and then uh, something that I'll throw in every now and then is I actually have some Disney death bombs. Ooh, a death bomb. Death bombs. Okay. Death bomb. Um, and then go into why there is actually no Disney death bombs, despite many people dying there. So anyway, we went to Disney. We uh, how many? What was this? How many times have you gone to Disney? Well, this is our this third time? as a family. This is our third time going. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we first went when Evelyn was two and Jack was five, and I argued with Alicia that they were way too young. It's going to be crazy and not fun. And then we went, and it was such a blast. It was actually it was. Mm -hmm. such a good time and there was uh like evelyn was had some social anxieties and there was one point where like she was crying and crying and we were in line to get a picture taken with mickey mouse and i was like we gotta back out of this she is flipping out and she doesn't even like going to her grandparents she is not going to go to the mouse and then mickey like she actually ran up was that before she liked Minnie or after before Hmm. Uh, she didn't like anybody. She didn't like anything. She's an introvert of a two-year-old. And then um, she ran up to Mickey and Mickey like got down on one knee and picked her up and gave her a hug or whatever. And then uh, she was crying and started to feel better. So we reached to um, get her off of his lap to be polite because there's 100 people waiting behind us. And Mickey pushed me and Alicia away and kept hugging for a solid five minutes until yeah. she calmed down and was happy uh, again. And so yeah. I was like, all right, there is some Disney magic. Like the mouse cheered her up and we have a ton of pictures of that and everything. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was convinced. I was sold on Disney. That was such a fun trip. We still got to ride rides and there's something called parent swap where you ride with the big kid and the other parent waits with the little kid. And then the, the big kid gets to ride a second time immediately. Yeah. And the second parent gets to ride with them. Oh, nice. So we figured out the rider swap system. So anyway, we went a second time during COVID because it was at 40% capacity and we were masking and vaccinated. So we were like, screw it. So we actually, we went when there was nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's It awesome. was a different experience, but it was like... It was yeah, like you want to ride the Millennium Falcon eight times in a row, pew 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 pew. Like it was like <laughs> Whoa. it was fucked up, but it was fun. It was cool, but everything was closed. Um. So anyway, this was our third trip. We did not tell the children we were going. We woke them up on a school day, got them ready for school, and then handed them packed suitcases and said, "Let's go to Disney." That's awesome. Yeah, and like they flipped out. Although, Evelyn, does that like ruin them? Like, is are they always going to hold out until like? maybe we told them a lot we told them that this is the only time we're gonna happen again (laughs) because it's gonna be every day like for their life it's gonna be the uh they're gonna be in college they're They're gonna gonna be in college and be like oh i don't want to go to class today like no i know it's maybe dad will surprise us i told that to jack a a couple of times i was like you know we're not doing this again because you're going to be like at four in the morning like maybe they'll wake us up for disney and i kick open the door i'm like get to school (laughs) you gotta go to school you're white and so anyway we flew down there we got to disney we do one of the resorts it's one of the value resorts because we get a suite at a value resort rather than a hotel room at a fancy resort I don't actually know what you just said. Like, mm. what is a resort? Sounds like fancy stuff. What's a resort? I don't okay. even know. Is Where it like a everything's part of... included? No, all right. So, no, there's different levels of uh, places to stay that Disney owns. They are yeah. all resorts. So they're uh, okay. 
And so if you stay at a hotel in Orlando that is not owned by Disney, you're fucked. What's the equivalent of a motel resort? <laughs> like, that doesn't exist. Is there like, like some a, kind of thing? A resort? An empty container? A or can you sleep in a van like in the parking lot? <laughs> you could, maybe. I don't know if the parking lot's closed. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, reason, the reason we stay at a place owned by Disney is because they have free transportation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're allowed to get into the park 30 minutes before everybody else. Nice. Um, like, do you go to the the roller coaster ride the farthest away from the gate? I'll. T if you really want to know, there's a whole <laughs> plan. <'Cause laughs> there's a map. There's there's seventy thousand people going to that park that day, and Ugh. thousands Ugh. of them are staying at Disney Ugh. resorts. You got, you just, I'm so exhausted right up. now. Like everything you just said made me so tired. So here's the thing. This, <laughs> the theme parks themselves, this big, are an oddity. That's why I'm glad yeah. we're talking about this. Yeah, this is a, clearly and an oddity. I'm going to walk this through. Let me go back to resorts. So there's value resorts, mid-range, and expensive resorts. This is going to come into play <sighs> later because uh, people commit suicide at the expensive resort and Disney hides it. Just Whoa. let's stick a pin in that and we'll come back to that later. The um the value resorts are more affordable, but they're still owned by Disney. So they're nice. And they're like they're still like five hundred dollars a night. So it's like yeah. it's crazy. Oh my gosh. We stay at a suite. So there's two bathrooms, a pull-out couch. Uh, your dining room table is set up, and then you just pull this handle down, and all of a sudden it's a bed. It's uh one of those sleeper bed things. Yeah. And then me and Alicia have our own room. Or we could stay at a nice place, the nicer, more expensive one, and then it's literally two queen beds and a bathroom and a microwave. Uh, we're not doing that, though. Yeah, we're... suite's better. The suite's better. And there's free buses, and there's something called the Skyliner, which is like a ski lift, but it takes you from your resort to uh, a select few parks, but it just takes you to the park. So here are the parks. There's the Magic Kingdom. That's one everybody knows. That's where the castle is. That's Disney yeah. World. We've yep, been there. Epcot. That is one that we've been to uh and then there's what we d knew as mgm which is now hollywood studios okay sure and there's animal kingdom i've never i don't, know I don't even is. know what that like, is am i missing one shit yeah animal kingdom hollywood studios magic kingdom and epcot did you get That's to pet lion cubs or something no but i saw lions that's mm. cool. They're real. They're, there's an actual zoo there. <laughs> Lions, they're real. <laughs> they are real. And they have elephants and giraffes. It's really cool. And rhinoceroses. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And hippopotamuses. Oh, I'm so tired now. I'm so fucking tired. tired. What's okay, so no, no, no. Uh, I'm going to make you tired. Here's how you get tired. Let me tell you what tired is. You, there's something now. You can't just wait in line to ride a ride. That's the pleb pedestrian way to do things. There's something called the lightning lane, right? The fast pass. Then you, it used to be where you go to the ride and you scan your badge and you scan for an hour later. So you go ride something else and then you get on the fast lane with your fast pass. You just get on. It was free. It's not free anymore. Before 7 a.m., $14 per person per day. You have to buy a Genie Plus. And then... At 7 a.m. on the dot, the purchasing that Genie Plus lets you try to sign up for those fast lanes. As, as soon as you set one in, that's it. It's locked. If it's a popular popular ride, your first one's going to be like noon, 1 o'clock. And you can't sign up for another one until you ri have ridden that ride. The special fun rides, 
you can't just do Genie Plus. You have to pay for the Lightning Lane, which is an extra $17 per person per ride. So to ride the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, if you don't get in on the lottery system, it's going to cost you at least $120 for four people to ride it. After you pay how much per person for the day? For the park, $150, $200 for the park per person. I'm just saying, like... I don't know, man. I mean, (laughs) all right. No, 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 no. So now (laughs) let's say you've traveled to the resort. You've checked into the resort. You wake up at 630 in the morning. You buy your Genie Plus. You have somehow miraculously woken up your five and eight-year-old, which are, they're pretty excited to wake up anyway. Uh, And then you, at 7 a.m., you sign up for your rides. You pay for your rides. You get it all set up. You go catch the first bus you can, which people are already waiting in line for. And then you get to the park 90 minutes before it opens. You have to go through security. If you have a stroller, and strollers aren't for babies, strollers are for any child that cannot walk. Like under 16. Any child that can't walk (laughs) 7 to 10 miles a day needs a stroller. Oh, my God. So Evelyn had a single stroller. Jack walked. Uh, And so the stroller has to go in a separate security line than the child and the adult that are walking. You get through security. And then you get to wait in line to scan into the park. You don't get into the park. There's a magic band. It's a bracelet connected to your credit card and your app. Boop, boop. You scan into the park. You don't have access to the full park yet. These are your magic hours because you're staying at a resort. You get 30 minutes. And now it's not just you and 10 or 12 other people. There is literally several thousand people waiting in line in a at like a fucking concert. And then oh. all of you are staying at the resorts and you get one ride. And everybody hoofs it to the one ride they want to catch before everybody else comes in. And then you can't just go there either. You, there's a separate line, people waiting. It is fucking crazy. But if you work the system, you get that ride. You get two or three other rides. So if any of our listeners out there want to know how to work the system, email us at wizard.dorfu.com. <laughs> but see, and there's Tim no. We'll walk you through personally. How, personally, we and we'll do it. If you write us, Tim will walk you through how to get. Uh, yeah, to I will. Do yeah, I'll do I'm the. I'm sure tips there's got to be a billion blogs and stuff. But on that. there is, and here's what's even. Uh, there uh, are um, there are uh, agents that do this for free, because uh, Alicia worked with an agent that set up stuff. We gave her our credit card information. She bought the stuff. She set stuff up. She did it all. And she does it for free because she gets Disney perks and she travels there so often that her perks pay off and she she enjoys setting this up for people. It's like a whole subculture. So <laughs> it is. So if you ever want to go to Disney, you look up the Disney like uh, agents or whatever in your area and there are people that will set your vacation up for you. And Man, I was saying I'm getting tired listening to you because I'm trying to picture having a job and two kids, let alone... <laughs> going to disney world adding all this i'm just like i got nothing left i'm done i'm, I'm exhausted now okay it's 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 i know it's worth it too you see it's the a kids, lot of fun i'm i'm, t- I'm kinda, like you see their faces and it's real to them you know what i mean like it's real the magic, the magic is there to the point that i will say yeah. the eight-year-old still thinks mickey mouse is real that's awesome and we encourage it and this is yeah, fuck it. Alicia gets credit for this too what we do is ahead of time, we buy a bunch of cheap but fun presents and check them on a uh, on the suitcase. 
And so when I leave the room with the two children, Alicia hides these presents. And so when we come back from Disney, Mickey has left them presents in the room for being good. Oh, and that also good, it saves us 50 to $1,000 because we're spending $10 on these presents that we leave for the children, which is like candy or a little Mickey Mouse thing or whatever, instead of the $100,000 it would cost in the park. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so if they're in the park and they say, that's a clever, this. that's a clever tip. Yeah, they're saying, I want this candy, I want this shirt, I want this toy. We say, well, let's just hold off and see if Mickey left you anything. I will say, if any of the listeners, if, the, like, for real, just email us, and Alicia will tell them how to we'll have walk, a good Disney we'll, vacation. We'll walk you through it. But I'll say, you're, you're also, you're looking at a lot of money. It is so fucking expensive. $1,000 a day for a family of four is probably ballpark. You're not allowed to die in Disney. And there is a gentleman in the 90s that was able to get a gun into the middle of Epcot and he shot himself in the head, wow. which I got to I don't know if all of y'all are in the healthcare field, but if you shoot yourself in the brain with a bullet like it, you usually like it's pretty quick to kill you. But the magic of Disney, he he wasn't legally or officially dead. What happened is the paramedics got him. They covered him. There's known underground tunnels that Disney shuffles you to the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And they do CPR on you until you are off Disney property. And then you're dead. Oh, so oh, yeah, nice. you won't I die like there. You're just going to get CPR'd until so you're it doesn't, like... they do heroic efforts of cpr until you are off of disney property and then you're pronounced dead so nobody dies in disney world and that that means the ghost the ghost won't be there well i mean where you actually died is maybe <laughs> maybe maybe less legal and the more parking like lot liberal. is covered in ghosts and yeah. that's it the only part i'll I tell you what the parking lot of disney world is covered in ghosts but they, the, the no, there's so many ghosts that in they disney built world. it on there's no way there aren't ghosts in disney world yeah. um so uh, one the the way I witnessed this a little bit is the first time we went, we were in the Magic Kingdom, actually, the main park with the castle and everything. And then we rode a couple rides. The kids were a little tired. So we just sat in a corner and you pack chill. your snacks, you pack your lunch. We were just trying to cool off and chill out. And there's a woman uh, that was um, morbidly obese and probably looked like she was in her 60s and on an electric scooter fell out of the scooter. Mm. uh busted something and with that weight uh and i'm not saying this in a derogatory sense just in a factual way she was a lot of weight and she fell a decent amount and it probably hurt her pretty bad yeah and i don't i don't know where the fuck they came from there are paramedics talking to her but by the time i registered that this lady had fallen out of her electric wheelchair and they were picking her stuff up there was like these paramedic looking people i would say talking to her yeah, paramedic like, oh, looking. Okay. <laughs> Par paramedic and, adjacent <laughs> like, right but then i was like oh and i was like trying to i don't even remember if i got alicia's attention or if i was trying i was like oh that that woman fell down you think she's our and then she was gone she was fucking gone i don't know where those tunnels are but she but was they're in everywhere their tunnels they're are everywhere. everywhere gone and so i don't know where she was she was they just they disappeared her they trespassed her to where she was evicted that's, until found to be healthy. And then she'll probably be let back in. That's interesting. Mm. I mean, that is, it is like an oddity. It's like a really bizarro place. Well, it's uh, crazy. Cause I was paying attention and she still got sucked into the void. Of yeah. So it's like, you're looking for the machine elves and, and you still don't see them like working. They like popped up and like moved out. Um, 
it kind of did you ever see that movie i i have a list of my my contribution to this episode is mainly referencing movies but the escape from tomorrow which is a 2013 like is that with the, nick cage no escape from Tom, escape from tomorrow is the an Nicholas independent cage one is phenomenal that's there's uh, a lot of well, that's wonderland ones. right yeah yeah uh except from tomorrow was it was this i think the guy's name was randy moore but it was his first movie and they shot the entire thing illegally in disney world no, so they dude. had they had hidden cameras and they had the entire movie shot illegally they got caught once and like thrown out and they had to sneak in another day but kind of follows this guy as he like goes down he starts hallucinating like he's taking a lot of acid and he it's like this nightmarish acid trip but it's entirely shot and i think some of the tunnels are in the movie because he gets pulled out at one point um by security i think but it's all like you know like hidden camera film stuff like borat goes to disney world oh, yeah but awesome. like instead of funny hilarity see, disney has like such real disturbing. A, a strong like uh cease and desist thing oh yeah but anyway i i i mean it's so creepy like this is like i i think it not in a bad way like again when i i'm not talking derogatory in the way that like, i'm glad you guys went i'm sure it was really meaningful for your kids and like it was a lot of fun but it's insane like that place as a, a thing that exists is insane i don't think you realize how many people are able to cram into one place and one thing i will compliment well, yeah you. it's crazy 70 000 people is crazy one, uh, one thing disney does is uh crowd control like it's fucked up how good they are at it because if i don't know if you can picture how many people a thousand is mm -hmm. much less ten thousand or seventy thousand and it's a large park but they they manage it well they manage crowds and people are assholes and uh what's going viral right now are disney fights if you google disney fights uh, to the point that disney had to address it and change a lot of policies because people just aren't not fighting and i understand why they are they're waiting in line and they're hot and they just paid uh you know a thousand dollars for their family of four or whatever to hang out there for the day and they're frustrated that they aren't being treated as a priority like royalty yeah um so anyway here's another disney bomb and it's hard to find it and if you google it you can find a newspaper article that you can't even read the rest of it's been buried to oblivion in 1984 a small plane just straight up crashed in the epcot parking lot Whoa. and killed three people three people Whoa. are dead and like uh, in the airplane or it crashed into people good question i have no idea but three people died from this crash the most you can find is just a brief clip in a newspaper that you it's not it's not that no longer legible. exists <laughs> it doesn't even exist well they wow. control their own uh fire yeah. department and everything yeah, right like uh, not for now, long. so that for desantis now. is actually taking that over he's preventing that from being a thing and it's going to cost the state of florida a billion dollars in taxpayer money but it's something else i'm gonna i'm gonna try to rapid fire some stuff too so yeah one, yeah, yeah outside of the 2016 tragedy where a two-year-old is like killed by an alligator yikes they like uh, an alligator not connected with disney it was at a disney resort in I one remember of the water i remember waters. this i remember this story yeah. disney brutal. still like was not really at fault there's signs and stuff everywhere but they still um helped the family out it was just a terrible tragedy the family even jumped in and like this the dad like got a fucking gator and killed it but it was like the wrong gator or something jesus um so anyway fast forward 
to uh, the point in time where I never brought that up. There was a uh, a lot of people commit suicide at Disney. Yeah, not just the guy right. that shot himself, but the the most expensive resort is the Contemporary, mm-hmm. where instead of five hundred dollars a night, it's probably a thousand plus, and it's fourteen stories high. And people that decide they want to kill themselves and have accepted it and come to peace to it, they're super happy. They're having a good time, and they're like, "Screw it, I'm booking the Contemporary." top floor get the suite live it up at disney world at the end of the week instead of paying the bill they jump off the balcony and kill themselves and apparently there's enough of a setup and a canopy that if you don't witness the person hitting the ground the people just it's covered up before it's even declared Uh, like you can't see it what do you mean it's pretty dark it's pretty dark, but no, I don't a, understand what you just said. Like they blind the general public from seeing it. Like if you were to walk uh, through after a, uh, a suicide, there'd be like a canopy or a little tent set up where you think maybe they're cleaning the bathroom. Oh, uh, like sure. they've got blinds to just cover gotcha. Yikes. and the staff to make it happen. Yikes. Just one more reason not to live and work in Florida. Mm. That's yeesh. well, I don't have death bombs, but I was just thinking of like cultural touchstones of horror movies because you know it's thinking of like all of these and i recently watched this movie called the amusement park which is a 1975 film made by george romero this is a really weird film because uh it came out in 1975 like i said but um it, it was after he made night of the living dead but he still wasn't like a huge director and he was still taking paid gigs as like a filmmaker and the lutheran service society of western pennsylvania hired him to make an educational film about elder abuse george romero george romero zombie george romero zombie george romero you know that movie came out but he had you know he's still not that that's a cult hit but it's not like it was a big money maker but it was uh so i was visiting pittsburgh and uh and a friend and i watched it so it takes place at this small amusement park just outside of pittsburgh um and so yeah the lutheran service service society of western pennsylvania may asked him to make an educational film about elder abuse but then and he he made it uh but then he got shelved uh, and it was considered a lost film of George Romero until 2017 when they found a 16 a millimeter. Yeah, uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, they found, they found the print of it uh, and they restored it. And so we watched it and it's kind of great because it's like, you can see what he was trying to like, what he had to make for the Lutherans, <laughs> like about like an elder person going to an amusement park. And then like, he's like entering this bizarro world where in the amusement park everyone is mean to old people and he's just this old guy and he's just like oh hi there little girl and the little girl's like won't share snacks with him <laughs> and then like he'll like go somewhere else and everyone cuts him off and like he's just having a horrible time and it's just like people being mean to this old guy and then he goes there's like this waiting room in the in the amusement park and it has this like weird time travel element where it's clearly a horror movie director making this because he's like covered in blood and he's from the future being like, this place is hell on earth. Elder abuse. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's worth watching. I think it's like an hour long and it's, it's, oh, cut, it's so long. An it's hour. It's so insane. Maybe it's <laughs> like 45 awesome. minutes. I, I will say, I think Ryan did fall asleep while we watched it. No, Ryan didn't. Lauren did. But, uh, it, but it was um 
it's kind of an amazing thing. But I do think that there is this kind of um, tradition of that, like the amusement park being a liminal space, right? And so if either of you or any of our listeners follow um, like hashtag liminal spaces on Instagram or like liminal art or like uh, back rooms or any of those things, a lot of them take place in amusement parks. So what, what these things are, what this like Instagram hashtag movement is is people making like 3d renderings of like abandoned amusement parks or like like a water slide that goes on forever and ever or like it goes into a ballroom that's like a trap that's like like so there's like this kind of um liminal sublime horror connected with either commercial real estate like uh like giant office parks or amusement parks or a combination of those two things so it's like a real cultural thing i think that we're living through right now and i do actually recommend on instagram like check out liminals liminal spaces and back rooms because it's a lot of just i think people... i'm on back rooms but not liminal space yeah, uh, liminal a... spaces are cool it's uh it's real existential yeah but that's what i mean but it's i think there's something telling psychologically as a culture that they're constantly making these spaces well, there's a couple other tropes, but there's generally an involvement. It generally involves uh, amusement parks or an aspect of amusement parks. Like, but they're empty. They're always empty. And oh, I would say that that amusement parks look like Benadryl feels. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like it's what, comfortable, why, but, why but it's that? I mean, queasy, I'm, a little queasy. Maybe because amusement parks are theatrical. Like the whole thing is a set, right? Like it's clearly fake. Like it's not a real castle; it's a fake castle. Right. And so I think there's something about that that this tangentially aligns with, like the idea of like the fake suburban, like Edward Scissorhands house. Like it's it's, Vegas for kids. That's what. Yeah. Like it's Vegas. Like it. But there's something about our fantasies. So it it it's inherently fake, but it it inherently has a possibility to go dark. But it's because, also like this, it's a situation where you know it's not real. You're yeah, going sure. there knowing that it's not real, but you are trying to, you know, children think it's real. Yeah. And well, you're that's trying why, to and, convince and, yourself that it is. Yeah. Or allow, allowing it. You to, allow it. Like, you know, I can go to a movie and like. Suspense I, of disbelief. Can, yeah, totally. But but I, there's something about the space itself that allows it to be it's a little bit of a vessel that can be either good or bad and when kids go there and their innocence lights up it's like good right it's like oh my god imagination is real dreams are real but like it can also go really dark from the adult perspective i mean that's well, kind of what clowns that, from outer space or yeah fun, or like fun house <laughs> like escape from tomorrow which is the one i was talking about that's the same thing as the it's it's a story told from like this guy going through a midlife crisis in his 40s and he's kind of doing acid and it's like it gets really dark or i was thinking like any of the zombie movies that takes place you know in an abandoned like how many often do you see an abandoned theme park pop up in scooby-doo or like any movie yeah and I was thinking that one of the originals, which is Carnival of Lost Souls, which is my background. 1962. Have you guys ever seen that one? Uh, I think I had to watch that. Yeah, and like college. it's like pretty classic. So it's it, the same idea. Like this woman, like, is in a horrible car wreck, and she miraculously survives, and she like moves, and um, 
she starts being haunted by this carnival music and it's kind of like the first zombie movie in a way even though there's not really zombies in it like 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 you know it's not really zombies but they kind of are but the idea maybe is that she in fact did die but isn't coming to terms with it and so she's being haunted by this kind of empty like the like every episode of twilight zone ever yeah yeah but i just think that there is something about the amusement park that um maybe because it's a it's a stage like it's a vessel for either the also, the, it was thing. already behind the curtain, and we talk yeah, about that. Right. Like, even you go to like a weird meditative re- retreat or whatever, <laughs> the whole thing is like looking behind the veil. And at yeah, uh, you go to an amusement park or a funhouse or something. So the, there's obviously a veil to peek under. And that's the, I think I think that might be the tie-in to your Monroe Institute is you're trying to look behind the veil of reality, whereas in Disney World they create this false uh fantasy intentionally so you can look behind the veil or you know you intentionally i see no difference between what you just said and what we're experiencing right now yeah i mean it's a thing i guess yeah (laughs) like on zoom uh, (laughs) using zoom but i'll say one thing that's (laughs) that comes into play with with disney that's harder with the monroe institute that nobody pays attention to but you it's a critical component is that to to allow yourself to give into this fantasy of a theme park mm-hmm. to convince yourself that you're inside of frozen the movie or ratatouille which has an awesome new ride or or whatever it is it takes staff and props and preparation to to be on the other side of the veil you have to have the wizard behind the curtain right yeah and in disney world there's what like twenty thousand people behind that curtain or whatever mm-hmm. and so when you're on the ride they have to keep in character um in order to maintain that so there's this uh stepford wives level of like cast members so there's this squadron of people that constantly pick up trash and clean things to keep this fantasy going because yeah. if there wasn't americans would shit and just p- turn that into a pile of shit before yeah. within a d- three days it would take three days to turn it into a cesspool i liked uh, uh stephen king's joyland 2013 it's yeah like i a, haven't a read B. that one so that's a that's newer yeah, 2013. It's like mm. I'd say a B level newer. King, that's on the newer side. That is yeah, like, newer. Was it uh, 10 years? Yeah, 75. Yeah, when the gunslinger came ago, out or whatever. The main character is working at like a uh, amusement park over the summer, and they call it like the worst thing you can do is wear the fur, and it's like <laughs> it's like torture, but everyone has to do it. You like, yeah. and it's like the sun beating down in your furry costume, and like. You know, they can tell when you've been wearing the fur or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right, because you have an extra look of, like, existential <laughs> horror on your like, face. It's just my favorite meme ever is the the Eminem that's, like, <laughs> like with his hands down, it's like, I'm the universe experiencing itself. <laughs> I'm the universe experiencing yeah. like, The person just... wearing the Eminem outfit in, like, Times Square or something. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the other abandoned, a couple other movie notes. I liked the movie Hannah from, I think that was 2014, yeah. 15, had the uh-huh. German, famous German. Um, abandoned ab- amusement park. And that that took place a couple different times. That was kind of creepy with like the clown and then yeah, Kate Blanchett scene. And again, I think the abandoned amusement park, there's something like 
really satisfying about it and why it's set in so many movies is because it's showing you the you know the stage it's like after after the veil the illusion's gone gone, gone. so it feels like a cultural critique just by it's almost like a cliche an old veil has been lifted from a long time like a punch and judy cart yeah but at the same time like a real veil is there so it's like when you remove the illusion of the everyday and it's like you kind of can see the reality of it it's it's also a place of that never needed to exist it is so unnecessary to human survival that you don't need a theme park they are ridiculous that they exist in the first place or is it is it like a metaphor to like the end of childhood or something like no i don't think so because it's (laughs) it's just creepy because they're not supposed to exist they're creepy in real life unless you can divulge yourself into the fantasy and the only way you can do that is if it's fully functioning and there's other people selling the fantasy or is it something like what you know the classic argument of the uncanny valley right the uncanny valley being that there is uh something that looks real and that is acceptable or something that is clearly not real and that is acceptable but when the thing gets a little too close to real and fake like for instance the uncanny valley is often used with like androids so like they can look exactly like a person and that's fine like blade runner or they can look like data and that's fine <laughs> because it's like clearly a robot but when it's a little bit between like that new movie that just came out what's it megan it's called megan but anyway, and it's that reverberation, that uncanny valley of like, it's a little too real, but also not real enough. That's when it starts becoming like scary or a horror, or it's just clearly uncomfortable. Right? Uh, or she does the, the Twitch the dance doll. or something or whatever that is. Yeah. And why that's creepy is they had TikTok. like a little kid play the part and then they had the face, which was yeah. clearly fake, an adult face. So it rubbed some really like yeah. uncomfortable things because it was moving incorrectly. That's what, it, so it was a little too real, but also like clearly not real enough. Uh, and that makes you uncomfortable. Death bomb. Death bomb. So Disney death bomb, there's a ride called Toy Story Mania. It's one of the newer ones about Toy Story. And it's, it's awesome actually. Uh, Cause there's two people in your cart and you put on 3d glasses and you go to about like eight or nine different screens and what happens is each screen is a different carnival game and what you have is you're holding onto a, a toy cannon with a rope and you have to pull the rope about two inches to get it to trigger dig, 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 dig. and if you rapid fire it you could probably get several hundred rings to shoot and there's aliens to cover from yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. toy story or there's darts and you pop the balloons with the dinosaur or there's targets and you hit it with a cream pie, but you go as fast as you can. And it's like a five minute ride. So by the end of it, you're sweating and you're like, yeah, you're exhausted. Well, somebody went on that ride and died. And Ow. then I don't know, a natural a heart attack. Yeah. yeah was, probably Cause it, they're like exhausted for their shooting space aliens too hard. Well, it was 2014. She was 64 and I lost consciousness and just died on that ride. Uh, and so the cart just went through and brought her corpse back to the beginning and um they declared it was not related to the ride it was just bad sure. timing yeah it was declared by the disney medics association but it was it one of those photos like when you're enjoying the ride ever taken you know like in mid-fall and there's like a corpse oh my in the god photo. <laughs> There has to be a collection of corpse photos from Disney World yes. of people that died on the ride, like going down the, the water ride and the photo just takes it and they're just not. 
Yikes. So anyway, so that would also be a haunted theme park, haunted Disney World. Also, a way I think haunted Disney could be a thing is people are not allowed to scatter ashes there, but people sneak their relatives' ashes into Disney and scatter them in, in various places. Yeah, I totally can. To do it. Uh, Just to yeah. do it. So here's another death bomb. The Tower of Terror, which is a... Um, I remember that one, I think. The Twilight Zone-themed elevator ride yeah. where you get on the elevator and then it gets you through a little Twilight half-ass plot thing and then just drops you and then picks yeah. you up, excuse me, and then drops you and picks you up and drops you, picks you up and drops you, whatever. So uh, in 2005, a 16-year-old from the United Kingdom rode that ride and was complaining about a headache shortly after and then had to go to the hospital or an emergency surgery for an intracranial bleed that they're saying may or may not have been. Yeah, it definitely related. wasn't the ride. It was definitely his fragile 16 year old brain. <laughs> well, fast forward to 2009, it was a similar uh, situation. Um, rode the ride, had a stroke shortly afterwards, and um, they were saying it wasn't the ride, or whatever, but um, Disney paid out. 15 million mm. for that one right uh <laughs> so there's a decent amount of this online but a lot of it you try to find and you google it and it's just it's it's, just it's not, not just there. disney world and, like it got like this buried. summer they had like the the 400 pound 14 year old or whatever that slipped off the tower of terror i think that was six flags oh, you know God. the one tim you had the blood yeah. curdling scream at uh king's dominion i wouldn't do it mary just stares at it oh i did yeah, that i'll just stare at it like <laughs> the it, one that just goes up and, just drops you. and then freezes and then falls all the way down one of those at six yep. flags they let this like 400 pound like 15 year old 14 year old kid on and he and they way out. over the i mean but at the same time uh... it was some teenager letting him on the kid's like yeah please let me go and he's like fine straps him in and he slips out it's terrifying well here's That's a horrible terrifying. one death Ugh. bomb disney bomb. Death bomb but in 2004 a 38 year old cast member that played the part of pluto inside of the pluto thing for uh -huh. eight years died in the magic kingdom when the beauty and the beast float ran over him oh, during no. one of the parades mm. oh yikes very few, if any, guests witnessed the event, but it definitely happened. In 2004, it was, uh, what is that, flip phone era? So nobody they had yeah, cameras on those phones. It, they, do you know the story? I was just thinking the place I would like to go to as far as these abandoned things are is the abandoned Ren Fair place yep. that's in Virginia. That's is that what, I'm what showing you're showing behind me? And you cannot go that's there. There's plenty, even today, like in the, there's, it's like near dc part of Virginia, it's in fredericksburg right? which yeah, is about fredericksburg. 30 miles north of my house but you can fly a drone through there it's highly guarded because it's about to fall down uh and uh is it guarded uh, by knights yeah it's guarded by <laughs> security guards it was uh in operation from 96 to 99 and it was Renaissance Renaissance but fucking awesome like i can't believe i never got to go to it and 
Do you know Virginia what it's called? Renaissance Fair. And they had all these nice. cool buildings and stuff, but people mostly just have, uh, and they had a pirate ship type of thing. It was like an amusement park, but Renaissance Fair looked awesome. But like, uh, from what I could read of why it failed, is it was kind of like on a swamp, like the pirate ship and the docks and stuff. So it's kind of hot and muggy in Virginia and you add a bunch of mosquitoes yeah. and like really how many people are into every day going the Ren fair and the and they're going to be kind of wearing heavy clothes uh, yeah and i mean Ren i'm Fairs. sure it was bad ass it but i mean there, <laughs> yeah, it looks cool you look at just google it listening it's audience, on just Atlas google abandoned virginia red fair it's Atlas amazing awesome. Obscura has it you name it but they definitely you can't go near it and i think a hunting group bought the property and they hunt deer on the property which is even cooler if you're like that's totally <laughs> like if you're like butchering a deer on like the town out of square of an abandoned it's worth joining the hunt club <laughs> if you get to, to hunt like just your tree stand is like a four-story doll like renaissance thing but uh i don't want but i don't like the renaissance set but no, we I need to go care. like alchemy fair medieval yeah fair. exactly Ooh, it, doesn't get, fair would be awesome. it doesn't get weird enough for yeah it needs to be a little bit weirder it needs now, to be that, a, i think you just know you need to know where to go in the ren fair yeah right? like i want to dress up as alchemy. John D and have them know who i am yes yes <laughs> Do we have a? Uh, do we have jokes for a uh, outro like bar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, here. <laughs> wait, no, wait, no, I, I don't gotta... even know if I have the wherewithal to like even. Like, oh, you got to wherewithal. Also, I need to clarify. Or we need to discuss. Like, it makes no sense that we randomly end up at a Renaissance bar or a right D and D bar that we just so so it, it makes more sense now than it ever has. <laughs> All right, but Hello, let's traveler, at least do it. Chris, fellow, let's go oh, in. Oh, hello, traveler. Hey, resident. I feel Oi. that I will finally get a drink tonight. This is an abandoned I'm... place that we're going into. Wait, there's a bartender behind the abandoned Renaissance bar. This isn't abandoned. We're just not popular anymore. <laughs> now I'm a bartender, and I feel a need to introduce this that randomly at the end of episodes, you two adventurers keep trying to buy ranch alcoholic drinks off of me for jokes yeah, we like to we like to end on a we like to end the night the we the the long day's journey and night on a on a, on a humorous note let's go ahead do your joke chris do your joke i got two all right what what theme park attraction is the most reasonable can you give me a second to think of an answer to spoil your joke <laughs> Yes. The most reasonable theme park attraction. I don't know. You got me. It's the Ferris wheel. Uh, what? I, what is uh, a blind person's least favorite theme park? The visual I know that part of it. Sea World. Yes. You stole my joke. Chris. There's a reason <laughs> not to like that one anyway. <laughs> I, All right, adventurers, you got two more shots at a ranch give it, drink. Give us an eight. You, you've had time to Google it. <laughs> I've been Googling, man. I'm on the same page Chris was because he took that one. But uh, I was like, when, when I was young, I grew up <clears throat> I grew up in a theme park. The theme of the park was trailer. Uh, <laughs> just fine. You've earned your stay, but you get no drinks. I feel like we're fizzling. I'm stopping. We're, we're going to fizzle. We got to uh, stop. All right.